So welcome to Gospel City Church. My name is Wes, and I'm going to uh, share some things with you this morning. Our senior pastor, Trent Griffith, is on assignment today, loving his mom, and he's in Oklahoma. Uh, he's in Lawton, Oklahoma, which is where my wife is from, which means it's one of the best cities on the planet. So I'm glad that Trent is in one of the best cities on the planet. And so this morning, he's asked me to share with you guys um, the, about the state of missions in the world, the state of missions at Gospel City Church and the state of our mission as well. So that's our aim for today. We're gonna first be energized by our Great Commission. And we need to not take the Great Commission for granted. We need to wake up every single day and relive the Great Commission. By the way, it's not the Great Suggestion. It's not the Great Recommendation. It is the Great Commission. It is our mandate. So we're going to be energized in that today. Also, we're going to look at the state of missions. We're going to look at what's going on on planet Earth right now, about the people groups on planet Earth, and then look at the tip of the iceberg as it relates to Gospel City and the state of our mission in 2021. I think you'll be very encouraged by that this morning. And then finally, the state of our personal mission in this. Now, here's the way to listen and not to listen to what I'm about to share with you. The way to listen is to not worry about too, much, too many notes. The way not to listen is to try to take down everything that I'm gonna share with you. Because I'm gonna fire hose you in just a little bit with some information. But I would say to this, listen creatively. That's the other way to listen this morning, is listen creatively and ask the Lord, uh, Lord, is there something that you want me to do differently about my life in 2021 based on the way I'm listening to, to this Great Commission message today? I believe and I'm trusting that the Lord is going to reorient and rearrange some of our paths in 2021. In 2020, He's done that in a common way amongst all of us, but in a specific way, I believe that God uh, is charting new courses for many of us at Gospel City Church. So listen without the worry of notes today. Listen for that one or two things uh, that the Lord may be saying to you. So I was, um, I was eight when I came to know the Lord, and I'm so grateful. I, I grew up in a Christian home, and not only was it a discipleship-oriented home, but it was also a home where we talked about missions and that there was sort of, sort of two things that we learned. There's missions and missionaries and those people that go to overseas and far-off lands to carry the gospel, and then there's the rest of us who are also missionaries right where we are. So I learned about foreign missions and overseas missions at the same time learning that I'm supposed to do that right here at home. And that's part of what we're gonna look at today is that without Jesus, we have no hope. But with Jesus, we have every hope. And he has loved us so much. This morning we have sung the gospel to each other about how we were dead in our trespasses and our sins, but he made us alive and new in Christ. And now what do we do? We don't just sit, we go. We go share the good news with others. We embed it into our families and our communities and, and neighborhoods. So I was um, eight when I came to know the Lord, 15 when I fe felt and sensed a calling on my life to go and be a part of full-time Christian work. I didn't know what that would look like. But the next year, when I was 16, I got involved at a local Christian radio station. I discovered that you can use arts and media to help disciple people and bring them closer into alignment with the claims of Christ for their life. So I enjoyed that world. And then when I was 19, through the experiences of Christian radio, uh, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of different people and to be exposed to a lot of different things. And one of those came when I was 19, the station manager came in and said to me, Wes, we're gonna start airing a new program on your air shift this afternoon. The name of the program is Gateway to Joy, and it's featuring Elizabeth Elliot. And how many of you know the name Elizabeth Elliot, just to show of hands? Okay, so you look around, you see a lot of people that, okay, even though I grew up in a Christian home and I was around missions, I didn't have a clue who Elizabeth Elliot is. So now, 
go back to 19-year-old Wes. 19-year-old Wes doesn't know beans about how to do a good interview, and I don't know who I'm talking to. These are not, this is not a good combination, right? So um, I, I did the interview, um, and I had her personal phone number, which was crazy to think that they entrusted me with these things. So I did this interview with, with Elizabeth Elliott. It was a horrible interview. Just in case you want to know, you know, was she gracious, gracious to me and, and my skills? Not a bit. She was, she's a sturdy New Englander, uh, you know, missionary stock. And so um, that, that didn't go very well. But I got exposed to who Elizabeth Elliot was. And then I started to read her books, Through Gates of Splendor and Shadow of the Almighty and the Amy Carmichael story, which is A Chance to Die. Now, for those of you who are like 19-year-old Wes and, and you don't know who Elizabeth Elliot is or was, she is to many of, of, of us now a modern hero in not just uh, in missionary life, but in, in Christendom. She's just so amazing. So the thing is... Um, in her early married life, they went to, she and her husband Jim went to South America into the jungles. And there, not long after that, her husband Jim was martyred for his, his faith. And then she started to publish and write about his journals and his stories. And here's some of the things that 19 year old Wes started to read based on that story. Jim Elliott said, Lord, make my way prosperous, not that I achieve high station but that my life may be an exhibit to the value of knowing God. Missionaries, he said, are very human folks, just doing what they're asked to do, simply a bunch of nobodies trying to exalt somebody. Jim Elliott said, wherever you are, be all there, live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. Jim Elliott said, forgive me for being so ordinary while claiming to know such an extraordinary God. Jim Elliott said, God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. So these thoughts started to form and shape my journey into missionary thought and into Christian thought, into discipleship. And then uh, incidentally, years later, I had the opportunity to uh, meet her again and interview her again. Now I know who I'm talking to. Now I'm a little bit more skilled and we both did better, just in case you wanted to know. Um, and then 25 years ago, I had a friend that traveled to South America, to the jungles, to the spot where those guys were martyred. And I said, Ron, I want you to bring back for me some sand from Palm Beach. And this is sand where Jim Elliott gave his life and the other four missionaries. And I have on this jar, uh, probably his most famous quote, which is, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And I keep this with me. If you come into my office, you'll see it in my office. It's a reminder for me. It's a North Star for me to keep main things, main things, and to remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I want that to be a reminder to all of us today of why we're doing what we're doing as a church and as individual Christians. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for saving us. I pray that you would help us to tell our story of our rescue, of your amazing grace, how we were once a prisoner, but now we've been set free. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to realize that missions advances through personal sacrifice and suffering. It won't advance any other way. And I pray that you would call some of us out of this room and from listening online to hard places in 2021, not just here in Michiana, but around the world. Bless our time, Lord, and use your servant. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. So I want to remind you that three weeks ago, Trent brought us a message that came from Isaiah where he talked about the idols of our 
hearts. Our hearts are idol factories. And oftentimes we take a good thing, we make it an ultimate thing, and we put it in place of God. Last week, if you'll be reminded, Micah took us to Isaiah 53, where we looked at the suffering servant, Jesus, and by his wounds, we have been healed. This week, I want us to to take the context of both the message about idols, because there are many idols that are preventing us in spreading the Great Commission, and also be reminded by what Micah talked to us last week about the suffering servant, and then jump right into the context of the Great Commission. The Great Commission comes in your Bible right after the resurrection. So we're gonna pick up with the resurrection in Matthew chapter 28, verse one. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and with great joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there you will see me. Now jump to verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, of all ethne, of all people groups, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Now, just before we jump into the Great Commission, jump back to verse five, look at verse five. I want you to see the angels' commands and the verbs. It's as if the Great Commission builds directly on the news of the resurrection. So in verse five, you see, come, go quickly, tell, behold, he is going, you will see him. And then in verse eight, see the women's response. They had great joy, but they had fear and great joy. They ran to tell, they took hold of Jesus and they worshiped. And then see Jesus in verse nine. He met them, he himself engaged them, he calmed them, he told them to go and he promised himself as they went. And then look as we get into the Great Commission in verse 16. Look at the 11 disciples, this is crazy to me. Some of them doubted, these 11 men we're about to receive the greatest commission, the greatest directive, the greatest command, the greatest mandate in history to go and start and build the church and make disciples. And Jesus gave it to 11 ordinary guys, some of whom doubted. This is the context of the Great Commission. It gives me a lot of encouragement. So there are three things we're gonna see 
as we look at the Great Commission first, we go with Christ's power and by his authority. Verse 18, Jesus came and said to them, all authority, all authority, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Again, remember, this is the resurrected Christ speaking. So he just won the victory, right? And he tells them all authority. So what is this power? What is this authority? In a sermon that he delivered in April of 1886, Charles Spurgeon said this about our omnipotent leader. He said, I do not know that our divine master could have said anything to us that would have made our hearts thrill with a sweeter delight than we derive from these words, all power, all authority is given to me. I confess that nothing makes me rejoice more than the fact that he reigns. Do we not feel ready to shout hallelujah, hallelujah, when we know that this is really the fact? He said, power in the hands of some people is dangerous, but power in the hands of Christ is blessed. He's got all power, and we go by Christ's power and by his authority. But we also go according to God's plan, and it's Christ's plan, and we go by his example. See verses 19 through 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is the triune God teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So in my study this week, here's what I learned about the word go. Go means go. That's what go means. Um, it's really encouraging, by the way, when you study all of the originals and you get the, those kind of nuggets. And, but it also has some more depth to it as well. Go also means go with purpose, go with intentionality, go out with a sense of victory, go with a sense of uh, I've got passport in hand and I've got a destination in mind. And it also has this deeper sense when you come to a city, when you go to a city, you go through the city, you get to know the city, you move through the city. So as we think about the Great Commission, as we think about reaching the unreached peoples like we'll talk about this morning and even reaching Michiana, think about even in your own life, how am I getting to know my city and moving through my city and being in love with my city? So we go with Christ's power and his authority and we go with Christ's plan and his example. We go purposefully, but it's also, we need to remember that our faith is a going faith. Rick Warren said, you can't spell God without go. You can't spell the gospel without go and you can't spell good news without go. So we have a going faith and we go making disciples. Now, Barna just released some research this last year that for many people, the term, this is interesting, especially for us at Gospel City, the phrase making disciples to some Christians is a phrase they don't like. That's what Barna just re released. Um, because many of us are concerned about the idea of coercion in making disciples. So we don't go and make disciples by force. We make disciples by example. We make disciples by praying. We make disciples by teaching and exampling. So we form people into Christ's way. And then we teach them to observe everything that Christ has commanded us. It's total immersion in the way of Christ. So we often say here that we are people of this book and this Bible, and that's why we want to know it, because we've got to be immersed in Christ's heart and Christ's way so that we can replicate that in other hearts as well. I'm about to share with you six things that missiologists do when they try to reach a city for Christ. This is also what we try to do here at Gospel City in reaching Michiana for Christ, but it's also if you were to go today into an unreached people group and try to take the Great Commission and the Gospel, these six things are things that you would do, and I find them consistent with the Great Commission. First of all, we go make disciples by engaging people. 
The idea of engaging people is pretty simple. Be a good friend. Be the best friend on your block. Be the best friend in your school. Be the best friend in your neighborhood. Some of us actually need to repent of not being great friends. Rediscover what it means to engage the people in your life, to be loving in your life. Learn what emotional intelligence is and just understanding how to love the variety of personalities and temperaments that God in a Psalm 139 kind of way made. He has He has stationed you by his providence to be around the people that you're around, and some of us need to be better friends and learn how to engage. Whether you're in an unreached people group or you're in Michiana, you're doing the same thing. You're engaging people, and you're just being a good friend. So Christians should be the best friends living on the planet today. But we don't just stop with our friendship. It wouldn't be good news if I didn't share the news with you. So we have to open our mouth and express to our friends, the people that we're engaging, the good news of Jesus Christ. What we've sung about this morning and what you hear week by week here at Gospel City, that our sins have separated us from a holy God. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, you need to know that that's hard news to hear, but it's good news because even though your sins have separated you from God, he found a way to come to you. This morning we sung about an amazing love that he has. He sent Jesus from heaven to earth to bear our sins in our place on a cross. And he rose again, as we just read. He's living with the Lord right now, and he's making intercession for us. This is the good news. So we evangelize telling, using words about the gospel. Then once someone says, you know what? I have placed my faith and trust in Christ. I have been, uh, I have repented, and I'm trusting in him. We establish new believers in the faith. And that means that we start to teach them the ways of Christ, to to observe everything that we know about being a disciple for ourselves. And we want people to go past kind of the newborn stage of just drinking milk. We wanna raise them up to to eating meat. Sorry, you vegans. And to be really robust and sturdy in their faith. So we we don't just forget about new believers, we're active in discipling them. And then we equip established believers. By the way, I don't know anyone that's actually all the way equipped and established. Uh, You know, the way I read my Bible, we're always going to learn until we're taken home to the Lord. So we're always learning. We're always being established. We want to replicate other leaders to go and do the same. Then after we've done that, we enable multiplying church plants. That's a part of our DNA at Gospel City. That's a part of all missions work as well. You want to get to the point where a fully functioning, self-sustaining church can be established. And then... This sounds harsh, but you exit that, you let that church take it, and then you go and you do it again. So this year, part of our strategy here at Gospel City Church is not to plan a new church, but to continue to stay in this enabling, multiplying church plants. We're staying with Redemption City, and we're staying with Gospel Community Church in Goshen, the two churches that we planted. We want to help them as a parent would help a child get on their own, and once they're there, then we'll exit and keep going. So we're helping them this year. So That's how we make disciples at Gospel City and on mission. So we go with Christ's power and we go with his authority. We go with Christ's plan and by his example. And then we go with Christ's promise of his very presence. He says in verse 20, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is great news for the missionary here in Michiana or in Malta. It doesn't matter where you are. We go with his promise. If he goes with us, Remind yourself of this great truth. He is unlike any other. 
No one else can make that promise to be with all of us all at the same time. He's omnipotent, obviously, but he's omnipresent as well. So he's like no one else. And this is some great encouragement. It is his great commission, but he promises to go with us to fulfill his great commission as our great companion. It's amazing. We go commanded. the The great commission is sandwiched in this. It's sandwiched in a command and it's sandwiched uh, in, a, in a promise. So we go with his very presence and Jesus fulfills his own great commission as our great companion. So that is the great commission that we have. Our mission as a church is to glorify God and make disciples. Your mission as a Christian is to glorify God and make disciples. It's one and the same. And it's taken right from this text and that's why we do what we do. So now, what's the state of missions in 2021? What's the state of planet Earth in 2021? So if, again, if you want to grow, and I encourage you to grow in your understanding of what God's doing in missions, look up uh, the Joshua Project. The Joshua Project is a great resource for anyone that's interested in the spread of Christ around the world. A lot of stats, a lot of statistics and figures, and also terms and things, ways to, to grow in your understanding, the Joshua Project. Uh, in our church, there's uh, at least two folks that have served as uh, missionaries overseas, uh, the, uh, Keith and Jesse Twitty and Dan Jones, and these guys have served, and they have served for many years in other cultures. They're great resources and gifts to our church. Talk to these folks. And also the International Mission Board, or IMB, just released uh, in December a report called The Future of Missions, and that's where I've drawn some of this information, so I'd commend those things to you. So here's some quick stats for you. The state of the spread of the gospel. Did you know right now that there are 7.8 billion people alive on planet Earth right now? By 2023, that number is expected to be 8 billion. Nearly 4.4 billion people live in urban settings. Tim Keller says that God loves the city. Why does God love the city, he says? because people are in the city. So that's why God loves cities, is because people are there. So there's 4.4 billion that are living in urban settings. 154,000 people, 937 people, die every single day without Christ. That's two people every second that are dying without Christ. Now, I want us to be sobered by that, but I also want us to remind ourselves of the hope. The Great Commission comes with a great companion, and the Great Commission is going forward on planet Earth in some amazing ways. Right now, there are between 11,931 and about 17,000, 18,000 different people groups on planet Earth right now. So when Jesus said, go into all the world, go into the nations, he didn't have the United Nations in mind. The United Nations recommends or uh, acknowledges there are 195 nations with geopolitical borders. He was thinking differently. He was thinking about the people groups. They have their own unique language, their own unique culture. And right now there are, again, um, about uh, 12,000 to 18,000 or so of those different uh, people groups. Of those, 7,400 of those people groups that are on planet Earth right now, they are unreached. Here's what we mean by unreached. A people group is unreached when less than 2% of its population is Christian. So that means that they have 
2% has a Bible or a church or some Christians that are living there. That's an unreached people group. So there are 7,400 unreached people groups on the earth right now. There's also 270 million people alive right now that are unengaged. That's about 3,000 of that 7,400 number of people groups. A people group that is unengaged means that there is no known active church planting effort underway there and few if any known believers. So we know that at least 270 270 million people right now uh, are completely unengaged. So a a big number to keep in mind, 42% of the planet right now is unreached. 42% of the world's population has no indigenous culture community of believing Christians able to evangelize the rest of their people group. To make disciples, our Bibles are necessary, right? So Wycliffe Bible Translators reports that there are about 1,700 to 1,800 languages right now that have a definite translation need. This is a great time for Bible translation because of technology. The gospel is going forward in more languages, but there's still 17 to 1,800 needed languages for translation. Just to to give you some perspective on the Bible, 93% 93% of Afghanistan is illiter- Ill- illiterate. 93% of Afghanistan can't read. So do you teach them to read or do you give them oral resources? Secular anthropology encourages and pressures people to not change culture, but it's unloving to let illiteracy continue. That's why a lot of missions work, endeavors to teach people how to read. Illiteracy breeds poverty, and oppression, it's cruel to withhold the ability to read from anyone. So, and again, as soon as someone comes to know the Lord, they generally wanna jump into the word so that they know how to obey the heart and ways of Christ. So Bibles are super important. One other fact, 81 to 86% of all Hindus, Muslims, and Buddhists living right now don't know a Christian. They don't have a Christian friend or they don't have any exposure to Christianity. Again, 81 to 86% of all Hindus, Muslims, and Buddhists. So there there are many challenges to the Great Commission in 2021. I wanna give you four challenges to the Great Commission in 2021. First is biblical illiteracy. Next is the pandemic, pandemic. The third is risk aversion. And the fourth is the great imbalance. Let me talk to you a little about each one of these. First of all, biblical illiteracy. Even though I just talked about illiteracy in the world, I'm talking now about the U.S. church and Western Christianity more. We in Western Christianity and in the U.S. church in particular have rampant biblical and gospel illiteracy, which has led to evangelism indifference. Now, thankfully, Gospel City Church is not a church that I think has a biblical illiteracy or a gospel illiteracy problem, but each one of us knows that we need to continue to grow in that. By the way, for those of you that sped read through 100 days of Bible reading, I've never been in one community that did that all at one time. So way to go. Let's continue to fight biblical illiteracy in our own hearts, continue to know your Bible and to embrace the gospel. One of Mitch Helmkamp's professors at Southern Seminary said, All legitimate theology or doctrine must lead to worship. Theology, worship, and mission are inseparable. And coming up in a couple of weeks, your senior pastor, Trent, is going to uh, uh, record a workshop for you on on why doctrine, why theology matters. And we'll uh, release that to you in just a couple of weeks. The pandemic doesn't need a lot of description. Churches have been closed. There's been relocations by missionaries. No ministries, no meetings, limited travel. 
It's all but stopped short-term missions. Thank the Lord that we've been able to go. Visas for missionaries have been unable to be renewed. There's been economic, economic struggle and also uh, mental um, health has been a huge issue of the pandemic for missionaries and the cultures that they go to. There's also this big problem. This, this to me may be the biggest problem of the Great Commission spreading in 2021 and also in the last few years as well. It's risk aversion. So go back to the sermon we heard three weeks ago about idols of our heart. One of the biggest idols of the American Christian heart is safety and comfort. We idolize safety and comfort. We have a low tolerance for suffering. Again, Pratt, if we insist on a comfortable Christianity free of suffering, we will be useless to God in his desire to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. If we want God to use us, then we need to get to the point where we consider Jesus to be worth more than our comfort and our lives. So again, I commend to you guys like Jim Elliott, and we've got to remind ourselves that the idol of uh, comfort is something that we have to do battle with every single day. And finally, the great imbalance. The great imbalance is basically this. We send more resources and people to where there is already a reached population of Christians versus the unreached. So approximately 90% of all missionaries and Christian workers work among already reached people groups. And that includes what we're doing here today. And for every dollar of Christian resources, less than one penny finds its way to the unreached people groups of the world. Less than one penny to unreached people groups of every dollar. Now, there's some great opportunities. Let's move on to some hope, okay? Here's some great things to talk about, about the, the good news of the advance of the Great Commission. Here's four opportunities for the Great Commission. The pandemic. The pandemic is a great way for the church to show itself to the world. We have run after aid and COVID relief. We've done difficult things, not just in this community, but around the world. Even though doors have been shuttered, the church continues to be the church. So we're able, during the worst of times for the world, for them to see the love of Christ. So um, the pandemic has also spawned all kinds of creative things with regard to technology. Technology has already been helping the Great Commission, but online missions and frontier missions of evangelism through technology is a great opportunity. You can sit in your room this afternoon, you can place Facebook ads in some of the close countries of the world and jump into conversations with unengaged and unreached people this afternoon through your own creativity. It's amazing. So use your pandemic and your technology to the glory of God. Third great opportunity, I think this is the way the uh, Great Commission is gonna be completed honestly, is on the wings of business. In, in Gospel City, we already have, I don't know that we're doing business on Antarctica, but every other continent we're pretty much reaching. We've got people doing work in Asia and South America and Europe and some of the hardest to reach places. And so business can carry the gospel around the globe. And I'm so grateful to see men and women who are doing business to the glory of God. And then the, the biggest opportunity for the Great Commission is you, the church. The church is an amazing, unstoppable force in our world. It is the largest organization in the world. It's got the best distribution system in the world. It's got the longest duration. Do you realize that the Great Commission, we're coming up on the 2000th anniversary of the Great Commission in 2033? We've got the longest duration of any organization. The promises are at play. We've got a going faith. Eugene Peterson says it this way, the church you see is not peripheral to the world, the world is peripheral to the church. And I just heard a credible source this week say that on any given Sunday that more people attend church 
than all sporting events in a given year. So that's an amazing thing to think about. The church is unstoppable. And here's the thing, God gave himself for his bride, right? So be careful how you talk about his bride. And if you're a betting person, I don't think anybody should be up here saying things about betting, but I would put all your bets on the church. So now what's the state of the gospel in 2021 as it relates to the Great Commission advancing through you at Gospel City Church. This is an exciting time to see what God is doing here. And I'm, what I'm gonna share with you this morning really is just the tip of the iceberg. You are active and I'm very encouraged. And for 12, 13 years, you've been a great commission church. This is hardwired in our DNA. You have been making disciples and planting church, planting, replicating churches. Gospel City members have been living sent every single day here and around the world. You've been going here, near, and far, and I'm encouraged, and I hope you are too. And as we talk about mission strategy, we just need to know this, culture, a missions culture is more important than a mission strategy. Business guys will tell you that culture eats strategy for lunch. So what we can, we can have the very best strategy, but if we're not waking up every morning and when our feet hit the floor, realize that we're living sin and that's our culture, then it's not gonna advance. So we're so delighted that the culture of missions is being developed here. So in our culture, keep those six E's in mind that I shared with you a moment ago. Engage and evangelize, establish new believers, equip existing believers, enable church planting, exit and go. That's missiology and that's the way we do it here. And the ingredients for culture to make a gospel city missions culture, here's seven things that I would suggest for you that make our culture what it is. We make authentic disciples every single day. And if I stopped and said, that's your missions report, go make disciples. We did it last year. We're going to do it again this year. That's our mission strategy. That's enough. So authentic disciples being made and formed into the image of Christ, that's our mission strategy. We wake up every day, living sent is our DNA. It, we want to normalize sending our best people from this location and starting new things. So last year, it was hard and it hurt to send Ben Hurt and Stephen Love and all the people that went with them, but that's the gospel way and we're grateful to do that. Um, we wanna have missional small groups. A missional small group is a small group that says, I'm gonna, um, in, in our small group, we're gonna talk about missions, we're gonna normalize it, we're gonna encourage one another to, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools. Uh, we just do, li we live, sent, we do missions. We wanna leverage gospel partnerships, talk more about that in a moment, plant multiplying churches, and increasingly go to the unreached. And so I'm grateful to say that our dollars, that one penny stat that I gave you a, a moment ago. Our, our, I don't remember what it is right now, but it's a lot more than that. And I'm grateful that we're continuing to throttle forward on unreached people groups through Gospel City Church. So let's, let's jump in right here. And here's, here's your report. We do uh, some st significant partnerships. I want to tell you about a few of them right now. The Great Commission Collective is a new organization that's been in existence for about three years. Also, the North American Mission Board, the SIN Network, and the IMB, are, these are, there's other partners. Life Plan we talked a little bit about earlier, but th these are four partners I wanted to tell you a little bit about. The Great Commission Collective is an organization that its intent is to strengthen leaders and plant sustainable churches locally, domestically, and internationally. I don't know if you know this or not, but Trent uh, Griffith, our senior pastor, is a board member of the Great Commission Collective, and we as an elder team have also commissioned Trent to take an, a more active role with the collective, and Trent is now with them a church planter recruiter. So we've seen that Trent has been decent 
at finding church planters. So, you know, Ben Hurt's great, Stephen Love's getting there. And uh, these are guys that Trent has been actively, personally building up and recruiting. And so he's looking for more. He's looking for planters within our congregation and around the nation as well that he can pour his life into what he's learned with you in the last 13 years of planting churches here at Gospel City Church. By the way, the collective is streaming their first national conference and it's coming up February 26th through 27th. The theme is plant not surprisingly, and it's gonna be hosted here at Gospel City Church. So we're an influential church in the collective. That's something to pray about. The team that helps us do what we're doing this morning is going to be uh, reaching thousands and we hope tens of thousands, potential uh, church members and planters. So we'd love for you to be there with us. By the way, we'll be, uh, you can stream it at home or you can come up here and watch it in Cornerstone with us. Anyone who loves the idea of church planting, which I hope is gonna be all of us, senses the need for urgency in church planting or wants to develop in your heart an urgency for church planting. Um, And then how do you plant in the current climate? So we planted in a pandemic, I guess it can be done. We're gonna keep learning things like that. So come be a part of that. We'll tell you more about that in the days ahead. So also in uh, this collection of partners, North American Mission Board and the SEND Network, they have helped us also along with the collective and our church in planting our two most recent plants. The, uh, the church in Goshen, the Gospel Community Church with Ben Hurt. Uh, we're thankful that you've had an active role in putting them, and here they are with uh, Ben Hurt and his elder team, and it's great to see these guys and what they've been doing. Um, Redemption City Church, again, with Pastor Stephen Love. The Lord brought Stephen Love to us, and it's been great to partner with the Great Commission Collective and the SIN Network and this church to bring them. And we're continuing to lean closely and support through our giving and also uh, through frequent calls from our pastors and Trent to Budapest, Hungary, and the work that's going on there with, you see Mark and Karin there, um, Patton and Focus Church in Budapest, Hungary. So these are our church plants. And again, the reason why we're not planting this year is we want to infuse and focus our attention to help these churches get strong before we get our eyes off the ball. Also, locally, we are working with several different organizations. I wanna tell you about three in particular this morning. Life Plan, who you saw Lyndon a few moments ago. And Lyndon, tell me again how many people that you guys shared the gospel with last year? Over 1,200. In Buchanan and Benton Harbor in this area, uh, Life Plan share the gospel with. So thank you for that. Thank you for your partnership there. They need more workers. They need your dollars as well. We also partner with Transformation Ministries uh, to reach the youth of inner city South Bend. We do that through mentoring programs, one-on-one opportunities, and we wanna graciously provide them the opportunity to see the way that Christ plays out in our lives. Also, this is my favorite picture of the morning. This, last week I said that Lonnie Mullins was, was who I wanna be when I grow up. I, I'm changing it. Nancy Kletzing is who I wanna be when I grow up. So even though, so we, we're partnering um, in Amazing Grace Ministries to work in area nursing and long-term care facilities. Uh, We began in 2011 with one and two people doing Bible study. By 2020, we were in eight different local facilities with about 15 different people involved. And even though doors have been shuttered, Nancy keeps going because disciples go and she continues to tell people that the Lord is her shepherd and she shall not want. And so 
Zoom and technology and Nancy Klexing are a dangerous combination right there. So we're going to need to get some more volunteers to help us with Amazing Grace Ministries as soon as we unshutter and go. I'm also grateful through our short-term missions projects that we've been able to keep going. We had a team that got back Friday night, another team that left yesterday, right? Friday or yesterday. So who in the room went to Puerto Rico? Is there any guys in the room? Over here. Okay, they're tired, so pray for these guys. Uh, this was a great, again, Puerto Rico has earthquakes, hurricanes, political unrest, poverty, pandemics. Thank the Lord we were able to travel there, do some practical roofing projects, electrical work, rehabbing classrooms, and sharing the gospel. So talk to any one of these guys, and thank you guys for going on that. Also, we work in Liberia, and this is very cool. We do a partnership with Liberia. Kevin and Lori Corhorn have been there for years, and also... Uh, four years ago, you guys know that we planted Harvest Church out in St. Joseph area, which is now known as Harvest Lakeshore. They are our key, our plant is our key partner in Liberia as we work with about nine different churches in Liberia to strengthen them so that we can get to the point, eventually, we're not there yet, till we can get to the point where we can walk away and say, you guys have got it. Those pastors and those teachers still need us there leaning in and helping them. So our thanks to everyone that's been helping with what we do in Liberia and those churches. Also, Africans Reaching Africa is a new work that we've been a part of. We can't show you their faces, but I'm very thankful that John Sager and uh, Mitch Helmkamp and Pastor Tyler Holder, they were there two weeks ago sharing and equipping these missionaries. And these are 25 missionary families, African missionary families that we are sending into four countries. And these are four of the hardest to reach countries that I was, again, describing just a few moments ago, unreached people groups that they're going to. And in last year, there were 20 house churches that were started, dozens of evangelistic Bible studies and people coming to know the Lord. So your giving and your going is working its way into Western Africa and some amazing things. We all, we're also in uh, Prague, the Czech Republic. Stephanie, who was singing over here on this, uh, she was at the, uh, to my right all the way over here this morning. Her brother-in-law is Adam Reinking. And Adam and his wife, Amy, live in Prague. At one point in time, Eastern Europe had the gospel, but now it's mainly atheistic. And so it's one of the hardest to reach places again. And so your, your giving and your going is going there. And so we're grateful for that. There's two families. I want to show you their pictures. I can't. I want to show you where they are. I can't. They're in an undisclosed location, these two families. And they're both reaching unreached people groups. I'm gonna call one of them Bill and Jan and the other Alice and Jack. And they're living in the heart of two of the most unreached regions in the world. Uh, one of these is reaching a population that's 99.9% Muslim. And the other is reaching a population that's 99% Muslim. Now, when you talk to these people, I got an email from one of them uh, last night and the other couple was here uh, last week. And in both cases, we heard hardship after hardship. Remember, the gospel is personal and it takes sacrifice and suffering to get it. But these guys are both saying, almost with hilarity, we feel so honored to be here. Thank everyone for praying for us. And it's been amazing to hear their stories. So they're at the engage and evangelize stage. There's no churches yet there. So pray for these couples. So our initiatives in 2021 look this way. Our theme of the year is abide. And missionaries will tell you the number one thing you can do for us. Don't just send us your money. Don't just send people. We need your prayers. 
So we abide and we pray. We also want to make missions inescapable at Gospel City. So we're going to take moments like this to talk to us about what God is doing so that we can be more involved. We want our small groups to be serving locally, do stuff together, be creative, and adopt any one of the groups that I just talked about. Stephanie, you're right there. I I had such a hard time finding you. Um, We want to go on short-term mission trips, so thank you guys for going. We want to open up and do more of that. We want to support our most recent church plants, and we want to increasingly go to the unreached people. So now let's talk about our mission, your mission in 2021. I've just got three simple questions uh, to ask ourselves. They're not, they don't have simple answers. Maybe they do. Maybe the Lord is laying some things on your heart this morning. Where does God want me to go? So he has providentially placed you in a, perhaps a school, a neighborhood, a workplace, um, a family, in some relationships. I know he wants you to go there. Does he want you to do something else? I believe that God is calling some people in this room and sharing with us online today to go to some of the unreached people groups. In fact, in the last 24 hours, um, someone told me that they're praying about that right here at Gospel City Church, so that's great. Where does he want you to go? And are you resisting him? Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. And if, you, if you're struggling there, just ask yourself who needs the gospel. Now, when we talked to the missionaries that were here from that unreached, undisclosed location, we heard some bad stories this week. Some of their teammates have been very bad missionaries. And as we start to wrap here, I wanna give you some ideas. If, if you want to be a bad missionary, I'm gonna tell you how to be a bad missionary right now. Here, here's some ways to be a bad missionary. Withdraw, pull back, isolate. They had team members that pulled back from them and didn't see the value in community. So if you wanna be a bad missionary, withdraw from community. Also, bad missionaries stop repenting, stop apologizing, and they don't forgive. Bad missionaries go to their city and start complaining about everything. I don't like the food, I don't like the culture. They do this in the marketplace, they do this in their homes. Of course they do it on social media, that's a great place to complain. So if you wanna be a bad missionary, squabble. Also, if you wanna be a bad missionary, lose the wonder of the gospel. Forget your commission and lose your first loves. What are our first loves? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what missionaries should be doing is to remember those things. So that's, that's what bad mission, and we actually heard some bad missionary stories. Here's, here's what I wanna say to you. Pray that there won't be those guys on the field with our missionaries. And ask yourself, have I been a bad missionary in 2020? How, how am I doing as a father and emulating this with my children? Father, don't exasperate your children. How am I doing on social media? How am I doing in my workplace? How am I doing in my school? If some of those are the ways that you have been as a missionary to Gospel City, do what Trent says. This is a quote from Trent. Stop sinning, okay? But here's some hope for you. I'm seeing a lot of good missionaries. I'm hearing a lot of good missionary stories. This is what good missionaries do. And I'm grateful to see you doing this. Good missionaries pray and pursue people. That's what they do. They lean into the Lord and then they go after people. Because the mandate, not the suggestion, the mandate is to go and make disciples. They live in forgiveness and repentance. It's a way of life. Be a good repenter in your family, in your marketplace, in the school, in your neighborhood. Give, that good missionaries quickly give up their preferences. If I go to one of these countries and I'm all about America and I'm all about my preferences, 
then I'm not a good missionary. I have to set aside my preferences. And again, missions is born on suffering and sacrifice. A good missionary never loses the wonder of the gospel. I can't believe that all my hope is in Jesus. I've been set free and they never stop singing that song. Good missionaries never lose the wonder. They're recommissioned every morning. When your feet hit the floor, receive your commissioning by the Lord to go and live sent. And here's the thing too, good missionaries embrace the interruptions as a sign. I don't know anyone living that wrote a plan when they were a young person and they've lived that plan to 100% because life, right? Life happens, pandemics happen. And so God in his providence says, you know, I'm gonna rewrite your story and I'm gonna give you different things to focus on. And we need to embrace all of our interruptions as our mission field. I have um, a sister in Texas and this is Valerie. And this is, by the way, I got the looks. Um, And I know you're watching Valerie. And this is her brother-in-law, or my brother-in-law, Dennis. So that's Valerie and Dennis. And um, my dad led Dennis to the Lord when he was 19 going through the Roman road. So my dad was a missionary to my future brother-in-law. Two and a half weeks ago, Dennis was in his church. He was up about 30 feet changing uh, a light and fell about this to this spot on their platform in their church. He survived it. But now Dennis is in a body. His life was interrupted. Dennis is in a body that's broken. He's gonna survive and he knows it. His legs are shattered, his ribs are shattered. He's got some vertebra issues. Dennis is now a missionary in a broken body, serving other people in broken bodies. That's his mission field. It's crazy. I asked Valerie, by the way, this is Krista who sometimes sings here, singing the goodness of God over Dennis and Dennis is worshiping, believing in the goodness of God. Valerie, how, how has Dennis been a missionary in the hospital room? And by the way, we found out that he, was, he had roommates and Valerie was like, oh man, I'm sorry you have a roommate. That doesn't sound real fun. Dennis embraced his interruption with his roommates. This is Dennis. Also became good friends with Charlie, a 76-year-old man whose car was run over by a big truck. The man lost his dentures in the wreck. I think that's funny. And Dennis encouraged him to eat each mealtime. So Dennis, back to engaging, Dennis was engaging his new friend, Charlie. He said that they had some really good conversations and he was sad to see him leave today to go to another floor, but glad for him to be one step closer to going home. And then there was Scott, that came into his room. This is like, this is yesterday. He shared the Roman road with Scott, a stroke patient, as Scott was preparing to leave. He had a picture on his phone, Dennis had a picture on his phone of the Roman road that was written on the back of one of dad's business cards. So when my dad led him to the Lord, Dennis has kept that and he's using that to witness to other people. Dad shared it with him when he was 19. He's carried it in his wallet for years. He asked God if he'd ever heard the plan of salvation. When Scott said no, he asked if he could share it with them. One guy's broken body, sharing it with another guy's broken body. Scott's got impaired communication skills. He can understand words better than he can speak. Dennis got to the last verse. Then the staff came in to take Scott away. Dennis thought he wasn't gonna be able to finish it, but then the staff had to go back for something. So he was able to finish the plan of salvation. I think Dennis was praying him out. He gave Scott his phone number. In case he ever has questions, 
Valerie says, we may, may never know how it turns out. But Dennis told him he hopes to see him again one day. Now, here's the thing. Dennis wasn't trained in missiology. Dennis loves Jesus and Dennis loves people. He's a good missionary embracing his interruptions. Gospel City, we can do this. We can do the Great Commission in 2021. Do it through your small groups, do it in your family. And if you need some help, let me just encourage you to keep it as simple as possible. Why did he save you from? Your sins, you were separated. You were once in darkness. He brought you into his marvelous light. You were in the prison of your sins. 